unlike a lot of people, I'm not trying to say I am successful. You may think I'm successful, but I'm saying that I'm still on the road. And we're all, there are more people that are on the road to success than are supposedly as successful. I'm Raphael. I'm Cecil. Welcome to Family Man Building the Brand, the podcast that explores what it means to be a father, husband, and a businessman. Join us as we talk to entrepreneurs that are winning at home and in business. Join us as we talk about their journeys, family life, and tips for success. What's up, people? Welcome to another episode of the Family Man Building a Brand podcast. Today, we have a special someone here, someone I've known for quite a while, and I've witnessed him go throughout the process from our college days to now being a top-tier um, operator. So I want to welcome Nana Power to this show. Um, welcome, Nana. Welcome on, man. Thank you guys for having me. Um, it, it's an honor to be on the podcast. Uh, you guys are doing awesome. Of course. Awesome job. Um, it's, it's, it's an honor. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to even be considered. You know what I mean? So thank you. Thank you. That's what's up, man. So to tell you all a little bit, Nana is the owner, founder, and director of Festive ICT. Festive is a top-tier event production company in the Midwest, and they create joyful experiences in our local communities. I know that's pretty high level because people just hear the words. So, <laughs> Nana, I want you to tell break us it down, man. more about, <laughs> like, break that down. What exactly does Festive exactly. ICT do? And tell us a little bit more about yourself. That was a great intro, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, uh, um. Festival ICT is an event production company uh, that I built um, here in the Midwest. Um, and the reason why I built it was because um, specifically here in Kansas where we're at, um, there were a lot of like creative events, just, just a lot of events in general that I would say, um, you know, just really, really creative events that events that basically were uh, on the next level. And, and, and just like things that like, like, like I travel, I travel a lot. Before I made a festival ICT, I traveled a lot. Now, my background is before I started doing um, festival ICT, just to kind of like, you know, join everything together. I was already doing events, but I was doing like smaller events, like nightclubs, star, you know, stars, um, live music parties, you know, like you know, smaller level type stuff. So basically, my story really is the story of someone that just stuck with it and never gave up, right? So basically, I started out doing, um, uh, even before that, I mean, when I was a college in Kent, you know, I worked for the um, marketing department, athletic marketing department, and we did events there, you know, when I entered. So, um, and then from there, I got a job with the Cleveland Cavaliers for two years, where we also did events. Basically, my job was I would work on the team that supervised people who rented out the gym when the players were not used so we basically managed different types of small events that happened on the gym at the time i didn't realize what i was doing <laughs> i was just working you know what i mean and i and i you know like enjoyed it but um i wanted to go to you know, the you know, sports marketing so fast forward well i said that you know like i said doing parties and stuff like that and i built stress things because at the time i was like after doing um clubs and live music stuff and just like you know just those type of events for seeing long hours okay what's the next level and well the next level would have to be like you know like music festivals or like speech festivals or just larger scale events you know and so that's basically how festival ICT was born i i i, I it was time to level up it was time for new level um and i had the vision i just i just didn't know how i was going to actually do it you know, I mean, I had the dreams, I had the vision, um, um, and you know, and I knew I could make it happen. And I knew the um, 
the place that we were, we were needed these events, you know, um, um, I, which I, I just, have to, I just have to figure out how I was going to bring it to life. So that's how I, I, I you know, created Feather Varsity, um, with Taco Fest, uh, which is basically an event where we bring together local businesses who sell tacos, restaurants, caterers, food trucks, um, and they showcase their tacos, you know, sell them. We also have like mutual leeway wrestling, um, all kinds of really cool things like a Mexican American um, um, events. How we showcase uh, uh, um, the Mexican culture as the best as we can. I mean, um, I have a full, uh, uh, full flex team of about 13 to 15 people that work on that event. Uh, then we have other events like Sneaky Fest, which is one of my um, my personal favorite events that we do. I've been doing that before Festival my team. Uh, was um it was born. I just happened to kind of like move that over. Um, so that's also kind of like the same thing, but not necessarily with um local businesses. Just you know, ticket collectors, um, um vintage collectors, street, you know, um, uh, streetwear dudes. They all come together, and I saw Trey share this love that we have for the culture. That I've been doing that for like twelve years, and then uh, um, this year we introduced like the brunch fest, which did really well. Um, you know, I mean, did really well. It's felt like the same thing. We bring together um, local restaurants uh, who share brunch and showcase their businesses. Um, and then we also have a cocktail events. It's like a margarita, um, a mojito events. Same gang, same concept. Bring together local restaurants to showcase. You know, so a lot of my businesses is just to also help push the community forward. Like, you know what I mean? And showcase like, like uh, and also it's kind of like because I think like where we are is cool. So the other people don't think it's cool doesn't mean that I don't think it's cool. And I look at it like when God created the earth, he didn't, when God created the earth, he didn't skip Kansas. Like he blessed the entire world. You know what I'm saying? Like so, so he, that's how I look at it in my head. So because of that reason, every lad is blessed. You just have to tap into it. So all I did was tap into it, a situation where most people necessarily may not necessarily want to tap into or almost or the fact that I'm willing to do things that most people may not, may not necessarily want to do. Or and at the time I, was, I wanted to do events in Kansas, most people were like, it'll never work. It's just not, we're just not the type of city. It's like, right. And all the reasons why people said it wouldn't work is the reason why it is working. And I knew that this had to be able to, this had to take that step. So basically, in, in, uh, I mean, I have other events that I do as well, like jam and, you know, more like a basketball showcase thing that, that we're developing. Um, trying to make it even bigger but i don't think that's that we basically that's what we do i create these events from scratch and then we're trying to basically create amazing experiences within the chilean we've been able to take some events um you know from yet which from um which side of kansas city um and to other markets as well and that's you know that's also the plan is to you know see if we can um but yeah yeah scale is in that perspective it's really hard because you need a team and you need the funding and a lot of my events are skilled within the business i don't have like some big investor or, or i'm not a big or some big non-profit company like you know what i mean that just has the money everything is basically done skills from within I, i'm taking all the risks um and uh and i'm just lucky enough that i have a team that believes in me and that we're able to have the um the, i'm i'm to have the vision kind of like communicate that vision to them they believe in the vision and they help me bring it to life. You know what I mean? That's basically how we needed to pull it off. You know what I mean? So, also, yeah, just to kind of like give you a little, uh, you know. I know, yeah, no, I know, man. Good stuff. 
appreciate it. Yeah. People get to exactly. know, I'll, but right, exactly, man. I, I, I wanted to, I, I wanted to. Well, first of all, man, that sneaker fest, man, Sess, I may have to break open, <laughs> you know, break over some. Hey, I would try, boss, try to get up and come out early. Anyway, Cecil knows that the vault is kind of loaded, man, so we may have to pull some of these hot sneakers <laughs> out, man, and represent. Nope. But but I love that, man, and and that that takes me. I wanted I wanted to stay, take a step back a little bit and, and kind of pro. I mean, first of all, man, we, we all know. Um, that that as family men building these brands, there has to be some passion involved. And obviously, you have a passion for events. You have a passion for um, dealing with people. You have a passion for putting smiles on people's faces. Was this something that that you knew was always in you? T- tell us a little bit. You know, was this what was your childhood like when it came to events? Did you really yes. see that back then, or did you? Happy to tap into that now later on in life. That's a great question. So, um, when I was in high school, I went to high school in a country beside Nigeria called the Republic, and it was a French country. I mean, and um, uh, now our principal, uh, the school I went to was like was, was an American school, and our principal was African American. She just happened to marry like a uh, um, man from Togo, and then she built a school like an American school in Togo. I one and bringing at the same time, which is where I actually fell in love with sneakers. You know, that, that's actually where my, you know, my love started most of the day. But um, our principal was an events producer of herself. You know what I'm saying? It's funny, like, years later, I put all this together. But she would, though, I mean, she would do stuff like, our school was, like, it's a private school, so... You know, we don't really have like, I mean, I think at one time we maybe had like 300 students total. So she would do things like uproot like half the school to go to like another state to, to, to do like events, like stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then, um, uh, she had this, she had this, and we always did events in school. And whenever, whenever we did events, she made sure that we put the events on. So she would kind of like guide it, but she would make sure that we put it on, that we hosted it promoted it, created the flyer. We did, I mean, in hindsight, when I think about it, we were just kids. We didn't really understand what we were doing. And it was fun to do it. I remember, you know, you didn't have to be in class. You were working on something else. So, I, you know, I was creative. But that, that's where a lot, I think it started for me. And then she had this thing that was called, it was more like a, it was like a day where we celebrated all the different um, nationalities in the school. You know, and um, and, and it was this was this was like the biggest event of the year for our school, and uh, we have food. You know, everybody wore their national, um, you know, their um, traditional outfits. Everybody had their flags. We had a parade. Um, you know, we had the parents, and it was a you know we had music. Quite, I mean, it was a it was a big show, and that was probably my first organized event that I was a part of. You know what I mean? And this was this was between the uh, and between the ninth and twelfth grade. We did this once a year, and it was like the big thing everybody looked forward to last school, along with other events. Yeah, along with other events that we helped produce as well. And it got to the point to where I would host some of these events, like you know what I mean? Or I would like, or I, if I wasn't hosting it, I was in the background producing it. But in hindsight, like I said, I wasn't thinking about it like that. I was just going along. She just believed in us. And she would like let us 
know, she would have, it was this, mind you, these were all her ideas. You know what I mean? So this was, a lot of us came up, these were all her ideas. She just basically believed in us. And I think she knew the importance of, of building a team. But uh, to, to, but if you think about it, her team was full of kids. But we all executed at a very high level. You know what I mean? At a, at a very high level. So, and of course, we have the experience where once she saw something in you, you were either in her choir or you were on a production team or something. You know what I mean? Like she, like you didn't have a choice. Then you can say no. And so that's where I think, in a, so no one has ever really asked me that question, but I, of recent, I've been thinking about it myself. So it's actually, it's actually, um, you know, uh, amazing that you asked me that question. But recently I've been thinking, I'm like, man, you know what? Was I, did I always want to be a young producer or did it just kind of happen? But I kind of, but, but when I, when I actually thought of deeper, uh, you know, of recent, I was like, man, you know what? This was kind of like, not only destined, but there were seeds that were planted a very long time ago um, to where, you know, to that allowed me to kind of fall into where I am. And then just, you know, that's what this means. So to answer your question, that's, that was, I would say, my very, very first organized event. And that, was, that happened between the ninth grade and the 12th grade, so four years straight. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's, that's, that's interesting because, like you said, it's like the idea, like when people ask you, did you always want to be an entrepreneur? I mean, because it's a, it's a, being an entrepreneur is a very broad statement. It's not like, right. say, did you always want to be a doctor? And you say, yes. Did you want to be a lawyer? I mean, what kind of lawyer you want to be? Most kids don't really know. Some might, might right. that type of stuff. But right. that's very interesting that you can kind of dig back to saying, hey, at this point in time in my life, at a younger age, I did these things. And now in hindsight, when I look back, it makes sense that I'm doing what I'm doing. Or you've been prepared for quite some time without even knowing on being without knowing, yes. And definitely that yeah, he was doing that. So so with, with that setting, it's interesting. I mean, that kind of gives us perspective into childhood and as you move into the where we live. So I mean, one of the things that I mean, like say you grew up in Benin in, in, in Nigeria and you did come to America. So like most of us, like myself, with Im- right. with immigrant kings, I mean so, like Ralph was born to an immigrant. And you did come to the United States and, I mean, you've built a life. Like I said, I've known you from college, then going on to that, you settled in, in, in Kansas and right. built a beautiful family and, and kind of want to touch on that and, and dig right. a little bit into that because right. I think that right. plays a big role into yeah. everything yeah. that we do. Like, Absolutely. I know you're married and, right. and, and you have kids, but I kind of want yeah. him to let the audience know how did that happen? How did you meet your spouse? And I mean, we'll get, we'll dig deeper into that a little bit more. Man. So, um, you know, what's, what's crazy is that, um, I met, I met, you should know, the last Thanksgiving we spoke together, I met my, like me and you shuffle, like the whole family. I met my wife right before that. I think, no, no, actually, I think, I think, yeah, yeah. I met her like right before that. And well, actually, no, no, I forgot, like, I'm sorry. I met her right after that. And the reason why, yeah, right after that, and the reason why, um, it's important was because I was at the I was at other very low a low period of my life, you know what I mean? And uh, I um, and I you know so I was trying to navigate and figure and you know I figure things out. I guess like you said, um, I am an immigrant. I uh, came to America um, like other immigrants to kind of for a uh, better, them must a better day, better life. There you go, better life. You know what I mean? And you know I think I, I think 
I always say immigrants, the reason why I didn't come to America, I really do what we do because our perspective on America is different. We actually look at America, I think, how America, how America was built for, like what it was built for, as opposed to what it could be. You know what I mean? And I think that's just because um, our, our perspective is, is, is so, so different. And that allows us to be very, very, very laser focused on, on what it is that we're trying to achieve. Um, now, granted, there's so many, America is so complicated that it, once you, once you come to America and you assimilate in society, you take on characteristics of the society and the issues and the problems of the society. You become, you kind of, you know, you become one of the starting, yeah, and, and sometimes you can get lost in that, uh, um, more than likely, I think if you have a good upbringing, you can still kind of, you know, um, um, figure out who you are and cheat to that. Um, you know, I mean, what's, yes, uh, um, so anyway, yeah, so, so definitely, definitely change to America. Yeah, but I met my wife, like I said, right after that, I, I, I had a very, very low period of my life. And um, we met and we instantly clicked. And it was almost like I was looking for, I almost feel like I was looking for her and she was looking for me. You know what I mean? Um, we just instantly clicked. And um, and it just, it, we've been together for 12 years. We married for nine. You know what I mean? Um, it's, and it's not, you know, I, I know we have two kids, three and two, you know, we'll be four and three. Um, this year, the Irish uh, twins, you know, they're about, I'll say about 11 months apart. It wasn't planned, but yeah, yeah it like that. Yeah. No, I would not work, no, I, I like, I know that, that in the back of my man, shit, you know, I'm feeling a little bit, right, well, but, you know, but, 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 it just, it just kind of happened like what, and, uh, and what's actual, you know, I dropped two girls and, um, it's, it's obviously tough. I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, by the way. You know what I mean? I always knew okay, that. Okay. I always, I always knew that. I, I used to tell my friends in our uh, in college. I mean, see, I feel like we've had, we've had these conversations. I mean, we had like, um, to visit till two in the morning about just dreams, yeah. just dreams yeah. and ideas of what we would like to do and what is, what we think is possible as yeah. the, um, uh, you know, and just what other people that we look up to. Uh, joy, I don't you know, need, yeah. um, uh, how I've done. I think you know. So I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I've and I never. I just I've always just had to. Um, it just took me a while, I think, to accept what it totally means to be an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is like understanding the risks and accepting that that is what it is. Like you know, what I mean, it's like, um, you know, I always I always tell people like, you know, in. In like if you're born like a third world country, sometimes you're forced to be an entrepreneur. So you, see, so you see a street hawker, right? They would like to get a job, but we, but you know, the society doesn't hasn't decided to stable enough to support that job that they may want. Not even to say the job that they may deserve, right? Just the job that they may want. So because of that, they have to turn into street hawking, basically, and which means every day you're not going to you got to wake up and figure it out. It's the same thing with entrepreneurs. I'm saying it. And um, I think you get to a certain point where you just understand, look, you know what? This is, I would, if I wasn't doing this, I wouldn't be able to sleep. So the risk, the risk is worth my peace of mind, anything. You know what I mean? Um, entrepreneurship, it's all about money. It's about freedom. You know, um, because only a madman, well, only a madman would work 80 hours a week for minimum wage. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it, you, 
it's, it's only a mad person will do that. But the reason why we do that is because we want the freedom to work whenever we want, for as long as we want, as short as we want, you know what I mean? And the freedom to be able to free, you know? Um, uh, uh, and then, and, and, and I think most important things, we want the freedom to be able to fail and learn. And I think a lot of people don't, don't really say that out loud, but that's what we want to be. We yearn, entrepreneurs, real entrepreneurs, we yearn learning. We want to learn. We want, so that's why we seek out failure. Or to us, failure is like, like a rite of passage almost. It's almost like, oh, yes, I'll know. I want, you know, I ask people all the time, I'm like, what have you failed at? If you haven't really failed at anything, you haven't even started. Like, you gotta really, you gotta try. You know what I'm saying? Or you gotta be willing to fail. And that, yeah, man, I mean, forward fast. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, exactly, man. You hear that all the time, man. Obviously, being in this game for so long, uh, being a family man, building brands, you know, doing this for so long, you know, you realize the, the, the opportunity and the blessing you have to even fail, you know, because yes. first of all, we failed so many times that Boy, after, after each, after each failure, Nana, is, is a takeoff, you know? So now I see a feeling where, oh man, what's the, you know, what's the next move on the way? It says, I know I'm going to learn from this. I've already memorized this. I'll learn from it. I'll, I'll, I'll stomach it right. and I'm ready for the next phase. I mean, but, but, but we fail with optimism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Man. Yes. Yes. But, but now that you, and you know, I saw, so good. Well, I just mm. wanted to, I wanted to continue, I wanted to continue to tap in on, on, on family because, you know, you, you mentioned that when you met your wife, you are at the lowest point in your life. Uh, uh, you are at a low point of your life. I'm not going to say a lowest point. You are at a low right, point of your right, life. Right, right, but, right. But, you know, you were looking for her. She was looking for you. You guys, you know, built the family, two beautiful children. You know, what What does family mean to you now versus then in the beginning? And also this family I consider to be a network. How, how do they play a role what you do now you're motivated you're you're, you're pumped up you're expanding you're yeah. doing all types of different facets, things of that sort what what does this how does this family fuel you to do what you do and how do they play a role in your everyday life as as building this brand that's a great question and uh I, I, i'm sure i'm gonna try and ask you no doubt man that's a that's a that's a that's a really great question so i think um I think the first thing is that family is, as Africans, that is like the, that's the core of, of who we are. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, 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 my parents didn't raise my family raised, you know what I'm saying? Like, and continue, and continue to raise and support me today, you know? Um, and that's just, that's just the landscape of how we were raised, you know? Um, and, uh, Luckily, if you're lucky enough to find someone that's you can that's um compatible with you, uh, and that kind of understands you, because I think marriage is a marriage is a long, long process, you know. Um, so I think with me, I think you know, it starts with that. It starts with it starts with where how I was raised and and how important it was uh, to have family. Um, and then building my own family, I think, gives me pretty personally, it's love, giving me security. But also, it's like I never, I never envisioned my, I never envisioned my family. I envisioned everything I can. I never envisioned my family because I thought like, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I because also I don't, um, I try not to worry about things I can't control. I try not to. 
even when I pray, I only pray out. I try to picture two prayers. Thank you, God. And then, like, I pray my things I can't control. You know, like, I never ask God, like, oh, I want a new belly. Or I, I need, like, a mouth You like, shit, like, right? Oh, I have, you know what I'm saying? Because in my mind, my mind is, God knows how many hairs are on your head. Maybe he goes, I, I write this to you more. I, I, I need a chat. You know, sir? Yeah, no, I don't want to. And I have to have the ability to make that situation right if I want to. You know what I'm saying? So that's something that, uh, you know, so I, you know, so, so, um, I never really envisioned, I never really envisioned my family. And I always sort of left that to God. And I was like, you know, hey, God, if I'm lucky enough to find someone, I'm lucky enough to have children, then, then, they date you. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'll raise for, I'm, and I'll do the best I can. And I'm very hard on myself in my jet and, and I, I, as an individual. So of course I'm hard on myself as a dad. And of course I have certain attributes that my parents have that I'm also like, man, you know, maybe that's not the right way to go about it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's a, it's a constant, it's a constant, um, uh, battle because you're trying to figure out how to be a good dad. How to be the best dad? How to be the right dad? And not all those things really, I think, um, are, are that important. I think the most important thing is just being there. You know what I mean for your kids at all times, in any situation. You know, it, whether it's from whether it's from being, being whether it's from you having to change the diaper to having a conversation, or when they're crying, or being there at two a.m. one. The most important thing is being there. And I and and it's it's so it sounds so simple, right? It's like just being there. But it's the hardest thing to do because of an entrepreneur. You want to work. What are you going to do? And your parents are in work. So it's hard to be there all the time. It's hard to be there and be there. You know, because you can be with your kid on your side, on your phone, handling a whole business conversation. You know what I mean? And so it's, 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 um, so you know, focus on all those things. I try to focus on just, you know, what I, what can I control? Being that, um, don't be too hard on yourself. Uh, uh, you know, and just focus on being, being, being there all the time. And then when I'm there, trying to be the best I can be. Right? And then just know that it, like, you know, being a dad is like life. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make a ton of mistakes. But if every time you make a mistake, you have to be willing to recognize the mistake, see if you can correct it and then move on to the next thing. It's like basketball. It's like, you know, you take, if you miss a shot, you can't worry about that. I miss shots. You know what I mean? You got to adjust. And still, and you have to keep going, you know, and I think, and I, and I think there is no answer, uh, there is no real answer to father, to being a parent. Um, I think everybody's style is different. And, um, the bigger thing is you have to be open to learn. And what I'm learning is that my kids, that kids are way smarter than you, than you are. And I'll just end with, I believe that children come through you, not for you. You know what I mean? Like, we are we are basically just caretakers um, to showcase somebody. We're basically ushering somebody else into this world, but eventually they have to figure out their own life. You know what I mean? Just like with our parents. You know what I mean? Like like, and the more the, the more you understand that, the less I think you'd be hard on yourself, and the more you'd be willing to like allow your kids to take some risks that they need to take to develop the right. Like because I'm like like if my my daughter falls, depending on how hard the fall is. I mean, help her up. Well, sometimes I'll be like, nah, 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 get up. She wants to get up herself. Like, she wants to get up herself. Sometimes she realizes, like, no, sometimes she will, well, sometimes she just wants you to come over and just come like, like, 
you okay? And then she gets up on the cell and she's like, yo, yeah, it's, it's a kind of way to work. I, I try to notice things before I act sometimes. I'd be like, you know what? Okay, me. And sometimes my kids think that they're, they're 11 and 12. They're like, they, they want to put on their own seat belts. They want to make their own breakfast. I mean, they're three and two. So, yeah, they all live so, and I, I think I'm driven, but my daughter, my firstborn, is three times more driven than I am at two years old. I'm even thinking about, I was, I was telling my wife, I was like, no, I really don't even need to go to school. She's going to be something in the world. <laughs> like, she's still verbal. She's going to figure it out. Like, you went a lot of people. Like, we're just going to keep watching. I'm not just like, no, school, but I mean, that's a joke. But I'm just saying, that's how dreaming she is. So, I'm just saying, like, it's very important to be attentive um, and just, you know what I mean? And, and just understand that it's a, 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 it's a everyday process. You know what I mean? It's just, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no method to it. I think just being there is the most important thing. And that's what I try to do. And so I hope I was able to answer your doubts. No, no, I mean, of course that, I think it. that gives so much insight into yep. just, I mean, family, because I, I, I think social media or the world we live in today curates what people are supposed to see of what family is at the end of the day. I think you gave us a lot of insight into your kids, but how you raise them because it's your way and right. how they inspire you. And, and you mentioned that, I mean, we, we, we just basically usher them into the world. And I think right. for me, I was just telling um, Kiki that today, I said, my dad always used to say my responsibility to you guys. I mean, well, for him, not for everyone. Right. Right. But he brought us into this world and his job was to take care of us and he'll get to a certain point. He would provide for us education and that type of stuff. And then when we become adults, he falls back. He's like, I've right. given you what I want to give you as a parent. Right. Now right. It's, it's time for you to go figure the rest out. And if right. you choose to pay it back, then maybe right. I've raised you in a certain way. Yeah. Not necessarily right or wrong, but right. yeah, I've given you the tools you need to continue your life and hope you take that information and pass it on to your kids because it's a continuation. That's what, that's the generational, not going to say wealth, but maybe wealth right. is knowledge that yeah, parents yeah. pass down to their kids and then we pass it down to our kids. So right. I, I mean, I think that's, um, that's important. But one thing I wanted to ask was, and, and we talked a lot about family and I know if I'm not mistaken, Jen herself, your wife is an entrepreneur. Um, well, she just, she just became an entrepreneur. She, she just finally took a buzz. Here. And I was saying is that when you have certain families, you don't necessarily have two parents taking that risk. One, right. I mean, and this, this is just the American way of life. Sometimes one person says, hey, you're going to have to do this while you take the risk and I'll support you. So now right, that right, you right. have you and your wife being both entrepreneurs, and I'm sure you guys have figured this out. How does right. that how does that challenge family, like your familiar responsibilities, but also the journey, the business and entrepreneurial journey? How does how does that dynamic work? Man, you guys are killing all the questions today. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, okay. So we've got I wanted to say you said something about generational wealth, and it made me think that generational wealth actually had nothing to do with finance. And that, well, yeah, what, you're right. Yeah, you're what, definitely what you're right. About. I didn't realize that you said that, and I'm like. Let me, you know, I mean, so that's very important. I think that yeah, that was the key right there. And basically, yeah. that was the key right there. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yeah, I just learned that. By the way, I just learned that. I was there, like, yeah, nothing to do with money. It's it's so yeah. much more than that. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate you throwing that out there. 
if that's like that definitely was huge. But um, so when Jen, you know, Jen's a hairstylist, and um, and uh, and she works for L'Oreal Professional as well as a hair instructor. So she owns her own studio. Um, she owns her own studio. Um, she has a partner in that. Um, and then she's also at L'Oreal, which this year, this year, I don't know. This year, she's she's blown up. Like crazy at L'Oreal, so where she's getting you no know, um, um calls from all over the country, San Francisco, California, Chicago, New York, and they actually have to request Darlene to come out and do these things. So she yes, she, so she's blown up. The salon thing, she's wanted to open up a salon for a while. Uh, it was always her, it was always kind of in her. Uh, she just didn't really know how to do it. I think she's the once where um she was at the tipping point. It was sometimes you wait long enough to where. You push yourself over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like nobody has to push you. Nobody has to tell you anything. You're ready. You're being ready. You're just like, I'm finally at the point where I've had it. I've had it. I am I'm I'm taking that wish, you know? And uh I think by watching she Jen helped me build sacrifices from day one. Made sacrifices with me, um, made sacrifices for the company, made sacrifices for our relationship. We both made that made so many sacrifices for um, the lives that we we built and we're trying to build still. Um, and so she helped me build the company. So I think with that, she saw that wow, you know what? It's if you put your mind to something and you're good at it, you know, like it can be real, like you know. And and I think so. I, so I think uh, that's in the that was in the back of her mind. And then obviously she has she had thirteen to fifteen years of experience in the hair industry. She was one of the top stylists for for years at uh, at one. So like I said, it was just time, you know. What I mean, so now it's more of a te- it's, it's more of teamwork. We you know like this year for example, I've um you know I mean I do basically like two three events a month, you know, between March and like November. You know I mean? So uh, um yeah, so Joan. Have been has traveled more than ever this year. And I honestly feel like we just saw each other on the show. Well, we fast feed each other. I think, yeah, that last week, you know, we like, yes, she, I think she was sometimes she'd be gone for five days. And I'll, I'll, I'll be here myself with the kids. Um, while I'm working and trying to balance life, all, you know, I mean, all I'll be, um, me, Jeep, like, you know, with Tiger Fest three days in a row. Um, and she has to help the kids, you know, so it's more about, more about having, um, Having an understanding, uh, being a team, we're we're a really we're a really good team. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're a really good team, and I'm not from blessing uh, because it could be a situation to where we're divorced and she has her own family, I have my own family, and the kids have to figure things out. I mean, I've come from a situation like that, so I know that's not necessarily it's not impossible, but it's not the best situation. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Um, uh, so. I think the fact that we're a good team that uh that work that helps the situation. Um I think the fact that uh, um we've been through a lot together we've been together for twelve years and, and we people say we did it the right way. I don't even know what the right way. It means that we dated first, then got married and then had kids. But it wasn't really like we planned it like that. It just happened like that. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like I was like I was like, Oh no, well, you know what I mean? It just kinda happened like that and so we've been through a lot together. There's a lot of trust there. There's a lot of um, uh, understanding of each other. And I think understanding of each other's dreams and understanding of sacrifices. And then I think most of the thing is willingness. 
um, to yeah to make the sacrifices. A lot of people, you know, and then we don't. And then, and I think in relationship, it's like I had to realize that um, there's no such thing as equal. Equal, you know what I'm saying? Like um, some days, it's like a band, but you ask them, you know how to play all the instruments. You know what I mean? Because some days, you know what? I got to play guitar and drums. You know what I mean? And some days, she has to she has to do wind singer and, you know what I'm saying? And, and like, you know what I mean? And then some days, I got to play keys. And so I, there's no, I know some part of that played keys for two weeks. Because that's just what is it required. You know what I mean? And so I think you have to understand that there's no, uh, there's no equality. It's you do what needs to be done. And while you're doing what needs to be done, kind of sometimes figure out your roles. One of the things that I think about um, being in a marriage is sometimes you're like roommates, sometimes you're like lovers, sometimes you're like best friends, sometimes, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it depends on what situation, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It depends on what situation calls for. But it's more about just caring for one another and then the willingness to just help each other and the willing, you know I mean? I think a lot of times, most people are just not willing. And to people, people in marriages, it's easy. Most marriages, I think, end based on pride. It's just somebody, you know, and I always say, the only reason why a marriage doesn't want to work is because one person has decided they're done. They don't want to keep working on it. As long as you're willing to work on it, but the key word there is willing. Whether well, you're willing to work on it, or you're willing to help the other person, or you're willing to go the extra mile, it, it'll, it'll, it'll always work out. Yeah, you can always think about, it's so easy to be like, I do all these things for you, but they do a lot of your, your partner does a lot for you too. It's 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 a give and take, and you don't and and, and the marriage, and marriage is like um it's like a brother. You know what I'm saying? You don't count favorites. I'm there for you if you need me. Period. You know what I'm saying? I'm there for you. I'm there for you. I'm there for you if you need me. Yeah, yes. That's why I signed up for. And you guys, but it was I wish I had one of those ones. Like, what's <laughs> true? Yeah, hey, for real, sis. Hey, <laughs> like, real, real gems, man. You know, real gems, man, and especially from the perspective that, you know, um, sacrifices just got to got to be made. And again, now that yeah. this is what we aim to push on this podcast. The reality is that the, the, the family man in this day and age is not, you know, is, uh, the, the typical man is not the one going out there and hunting and coming home to the family home. Oh. And uh, that, one, that one income is good enough and she can stay home and take care of the oh. kids and things of that sort. Cecil and I personally have had to reverse those roles as entrepreneurs. The narrative. I'm the one with the freedom. I'm the one with the freedom to take the kids to school. I'm the one with the freedom to set my schedule, things of that sort. So now for both of you guys to be in this field and you guys are finding a way to navigate through that, yo, that's a key gem. And everyone listening into this, you know, you guys got to take heed because this yeah, is I'm just how it goes. I'm just the mom. Like, we oh, yeah. had a birthday party for Kenzo yesterday and all the moms, well, all the kids who came with their parents, mom and dad, and all the moms know me because I'm the one here. And they say to me like, right. every morning and every afternoon because I'm the one who has the flexibility to drop off Kenzo at the time. I mean, his mom got to be at work at, let's say, six. So if Kenzo doesn't start till eight, then I got to be the one. He gets off at three, so she doesn't get off work till seven. So I have to be the one to be flexible enough to do that. So they, and like, I see you every day. And I'm just like, yes. I'm right, like, right. Pretty interesting well, how the dynamics and everything's changing. But yeah, Ralph. Exactly, man. And, you know, with that dynamic, especially with not as dynamic, you know, it's kind of different from 
honestly, a lot of the guests that we've interviewed and even ourselves. Yeah. What with this dynamic, Nana, what do you think or what would you say is your number one characteristic to success within your business now? You know, you have a lot to balance. Um, you have a lot on your plate. You, you're really scaling things. You're planning to scale and you've already expanded across multiple different types of events. What is that characteristic that for a fact you hold and, and is honestly leading to more success within your lane, given everything you have got go, going on? Um, I think I'm just willing to go the extra mile. My, the, the ethos of my business is we go the extra mile because it's never crowded. You know what I'm saying? That's the ethos. So I only hire people. I only work with people. I hire people that go the extra mile in their life. So I, I, I don't have to ask them to do the extra mile. You know what I'm saying? They're going to go hard because that's just what they do. It's not like uh, I don't have to ask them to go hard. I don't have to even motivate them to go hard. I may have to, I may be able to speak. I may, I may set the vision up, but it's, you know, the reason I said that is because I said, you know, so I always think that the trust is just being willing to do what everybody else is not willing to do. You really have no to do with being smarter or being more talented. At the time, I think if you just wait it out, you'll be successful. If you just don't give up or just wait it out, because anybody else is going to give up. Everybody else is, everybody else is going to give up. Life is too hard. Everyone's going to give up on their It's It is, is you know, other entrepreneurship about it's so insulting when people, like, like we're making all this money. Because I'm like, you know what? If I really wanted to make money, I'd go get a job. A good job. If I really wanted to make that kind of money that you have a job in life, or you think I'm making, I'd go get a job. And I will live always out of control. You know what I'm saying? Because I let people that I'm making really more money than me. But they don't have the street on my hand. Yeah. And more than they don't have the freedom, and I mean, it's not to say because I would say we're not. It's not judgment where you say they're miserable. It's just at the end of the day, I think we're fighting for freedom. Now you can add words to freedom: financial freedom, family freedom, um, mental freedom. Like there's all kinds of things you can add to that freedom to kind of expand on it. But the in the general sense of it, yes, I think when we get to control. Um, what we do is what makes sense. And, and being able to do that then allows us to build the kind of family we want, the family you well, want. Absolutely. I think, I think, that's I think getting a job, uh, getting a job doesn't necessarily, is not, you know, I think, I think, uh, everyone loves, I feel like entrepreneurs just for everybody. Well, we need doctors and everybody can't be, everybody can't own their own parents. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need yeah. that. The read genesis. Everybody can't own their own, their own practice. Um, so the jobs are also a necessity, but in comparison to, I think, like, like, you know, like we said, I'm an entrepreneur. I think the misconception, it, it's like real estate. People think real estate, in my opinion, is like, um, it's so easy. You know how it's so, it's, 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 it's glamorized. Oh, yeah. 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 Get into real estate. You go lick all this yeah. money. Well, I'm like, well, what you got to the I'm um, and the amount of hours that they put in there, bro. Yeah, you know, yeah. So you have to basically become a master of what you do. Um, and you have to be willing to um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna put this out there, but don't hold me, don't hold me to this. Like, I'm working yeah. out a book. I don't even know if it's a book yet, but it's called Seven Gems on the Road to Success. 
and it's a religious collide. This is more like this question. And the reason why it's called Seven Gentlemen, which yes, is because that's all I got right now. So, you know, so, yeah, so, that's all good too. That's what book number yeah. yeah. okay. is. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. Well, but the reason why there's seven roles, there's seven gems on the road to success is because I'm not, unlike a lot of people, I'm not trying to say I am success. You may think I'm successful, but I have to say that I'm still on the road. And we're all, there are more people that are on the road to success than are supposedly are successful. So yeah. those people need to know, in my opinion, this is exactly what, this is exactly what this podcast is. Is basically showcasing other people like, yo, you're not alone, right? You're not alone at all. Yeah, like, you're a family man, one entrepreneur, bro. There's, we're, there's a, there's a club of us. You know what I mean? It, like, community, I think, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a community of us. Um, and so it's, it's, I just think that people, people want, people want. Also, people don't. I, I, I would rather give people what I consider to be the things that I feel like have worked for me. Then give them ideas of what could work for them. Yep. Or what I think, yep. you know, could work for them. It's more like, hey, this little idea, you can tap into it. Um, because it may work for you. And it's basic gels. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. going the extra, like one of the gems is, you know, going the extra mile. Being willing to do what nobody else is willing to do. Just, it's, it's, it just, it, like, it just comes, to me, it just comes down to that. You're not going to be able to out of work. I'll tell you, I smart everybody. You're, sometimes, you know, we, you're not born with the athleticism of like a LeBron James. You know what I mean? And to me, what makes LeBron James great is that not only was he born with the athleticism, he is willing to do things that other people, yeah, are also dealing with that gift. So, of course, you will never catch it. It's impossible. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think yeah, that, they, that, that, that's the, it's a, it's a, it's a, Nearly given Sunday, little one Al Pacino tells, uh, uh, what's the name? He said, he said, life is a game of inches. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think that's kind of, to get out of this, like, you know, sometimes you only have a little wind, like you only have a small window to make an impact. And it comes down to right. what is your perspective about life. And if you don't have the right perspective, you miss out on opportunities, you chase opportunities that are not meant for you. When you have the right perspective, you're, you know, where you're comfortable with the life that you're living, you go after the things that are meant for you, and you will gladly turn away things that are not for you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, oh. definitely. Uh, real quick, I'll even say this, because even with this podcast, we built this framework, and it's a framework which, I mean, I think we talked about this where, and I felt like everything you've said, you answered everything we probably even wanted you to tap into before we even said, hey, now nah, can you tap into this? So, I mean, because there's, it's, it's, I mean, and I'll say this to kind of like let the, the audience understand. The, the framework is, it's there's there's mindset, which, I mean, we've talked a lot about different things about mindset. There's the foundation to building a business. There's a foundation to family. Then there's, there's launching. And I know you mentioned that earlier where you said, Hey, I built this business kind of by myself. I don't have this trust fund. I don't have this group of investors that I can go tap into to get, get money. I'm basically reinvesting back into with the, from the money I make. But also you said one thing that's very important. You're building community. That's your network. So I, I think I'm, I'm highlighting these things because I want people to understand that this is how it relates to these different parts of the framework. You've built community and 
you and the community are making sacrifices. And when it comes to growth, you said you had a team of about um, 13 people, 15 people. And you did say you, you hire people who in their daily lives, as they operate, they want to take the extra mile. So if you're doing it, then you know they're, if they do it in their lives, they will do it for whenever they consider work. So I'm just trying to put all these things into perspective without even having to ask the question, because I think you answered all these questions in, in, in a certain way where it's like, yo, this is how these, these, these um, answers um, I'm fitting these things. So that's just one of the things I wanted to say we're off. Yeah. Talking about framework, you know, you know, none of really broke down perspective. And as we know, uh, you gain a certain perspective and look at life a certain way because you've gained a certain type of mentality. Okay. Um, thinking negative, thinking negative, having negative thoughts poured into your mind all day, every day, it's going to have you look at life in a negative perspective. So now, you know, Nana, you, 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 you've mastered a mindset, you know, and, and what you're doing in Kansas is, is, I would say un unheard of because for one, compared to the rest of the U.S., this is a, you're going to consider that to be yeah, exactly. So, 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 what mindset was needed? What mindset did you did you have to force to have to be able to try to achieve such a feat in such a state in such a city? Things of that sort. You had to have a certain mindset to get there. What what was that mindset looking like? Because it's very risky. Yeah, to conquer it is very scary, very risky. You, you're in Kansas and you want to achieve dreams that happen in La La Land, that happen in New York, that happen in Atlanta. What mindset was needed? Yo, allowing myself to dream and dream big. Like, I always, I, you know, I've always told myself, like, you need to, yeah, you know, you have to be, you have to allow yourself. So, let me double down on that. You have to have an imagination. A lot of people don't have an imagination. And it's hard to have an imagination when you're dealing with, when you're, I think one of the key things you said, Rock, was when you're allowing yourself to take in all this negativity. I come across so many American citizens that don't believe in themselves, and it blows my mind. The world is literally your oyster as an American citizen. If you always knew, you know what I mean? Like, would you? And it blows my mind. So that in itself is one perspective, meaning that, the greatness of this country affords you so many different, so many things. But I think it's just having the right perspective. Um, you know, I mean, I having a, 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 a um, my opinion, I just have, I have a, I have a, a vast imagination. The ideas that I put out, because I have like a hundred ideas that I haven't even like, I don't even have, I don't have the money to even put them on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I don't, or, or I just don't have the time. Like, I have so many ideas. Uh, um, I'm just even bigger than Jets. Uh, 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 I'm taking things from you know to the next level. I think you know, so it's 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 really just having that imagination and then not not allowing yourself to everything. Once you realize, Steve Jobs said something one time, and it, it, there's one of a few interviews of Steve Jobs that I watch because you know like they're very powerful. I and mean, there was one that he did. You know what year it was? There was one that he did, and he said that. Once you realize that everything around you was built by somebody that is not smarter than you, not better than you, doesn't know more than you, then it occurs to you, wow, I can build things too. I can make things too. 
What if your clothing choices could make a difference in your community? Introducing Royal Dynamite, a t-shirt line founded in Los Angeles with deep roots in Sierra Leone. Our founders met in the U.S. with a passion for streetwear and a commitment to giving back to their community. With every t-shirt purchase, we donate a portion of our profits to support education and entrepreneurship programs in Sierra Leone and other parts of the world. Our t-shirts not only represent your personal style, but also your dedication to community and making a difference in the world. Join us in creating a world where your clothing choices are statement pieces and an extension of who you are. Shop now and make an impact. Use the discount code for 20% off your purchase, FAMBABRD20, F-A-M-B-A-B-R-D20. This will give you 20% off your first purchase. Go to royaldynamite.com, R-O-Y-A-L-D-Y-N-A-M-I-T-E, royaldynamite.com. And then you all, and I think you have to allow yourself, your imagination to kind of grow up here, like, what can I build? You know, it's like, and, and he said, he like, you know, it's almost like, he was like, if you push on this end, you realize that something will, something will come out on the other end. So having the, you know, yeah, you know, so I think having the confidence, but so having the imagination, and then having the confidence and the willingness to fail forward fast. I embrace, it took me a while, but now, I don't even, now, it's not even, now I don't look at failure no more. I look at, do I even have time to fail? So I don't even like, I don't even attempt a project, I don't have the time to fail. Because failure is like a progression for me. Like I expect this. So I admit, I, I think there, if there isn't space for that, then I, I can't, I change the project down. Because I'm just, because I have to, there has to be a learning curve. And the learning curve is that we're going to fail until we learn. And once we learn, we should be like, oh, that may take five years. That may take three years. I don't know. You know, so I feel like those like, you know what I mean? And I got that from Elon Musk. Elon Musk said he doesn't, he doesn't, he seeks out failure. If there is no failure in sight, there's something wrong. Like there's something wrong. And I'm like, when I share that, when I first heard that, it was to me, I was like, bro, how could how could anyone seek out failure? Like, who seeks out failure? Like, you out there, like, if anything, you want to win. And I, I realized, no, he seeks out failure because he wants to learn. You know what I mean? And and the only way you're gonna learn is if you fail. You know what I mean? Someone, somebody can teach you, somebody can tell you, but my mom used to always say, your experience, your your experience is the best. Is always gonna be the best teacher. So I think with I, I think that's those are some of the things that are you know that a lot that, that that have allowed me just you know just like I said the imagination um um and then having having the confidence uh, uh you know like to fail and to just know that um you know that it's it's uh it's also there's a culture here especially in Kansas and all the same thing where you guys are but there's a culture here to where if you try something on fail you get banished. Or you try something and you fail, and it's like you're like you're you're a failure. You know what I mean? And most people, most people, um, they don't come back from that. I came back from that, and and doubled up. You know what I'm saying? Um, because my first title fest was massive. It was massive, and people didn't. People, it was we didn't expect the crowd that we had, and it was like you want. Let me not say we weren't ready for it. It wasn't like I thought we weren't ready for it. We just didn't expect the crowd that we had. And people were, the city, yeah, it, it felt like we had time city was mad at me. You know what I mean? But eventually what ended up happening was that 
to me, I took it more as a sign. You know what I mean? And the sign, my opinion, basically says, hey, this is something that people want. What we're going to have to do is just double down and make it better. Most other people would have been like, see, this is why I never do anything. Most, most other people would have been like, this is why I never do anything. This is why, because you guys don't want to support me. Blah, 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 blah. I was more like, oh, you guys actually like this? You love it? Cool. Apologize that it didn't go as well as it was supposed to. I didn't know that you guys even cared. Now that I know that you care, I will make the necessary sacrifices and things that need to be done to make sure that it works. There is, there has to be a test phase. You know, there has to be a test phase. And most people are, most people don't understand. Because unless you're an entrepreneur, you don't understand that there has to be a test phase. You think that it's just going to be like, I'm going to start the key, I'm going to start the key and it's going to work out. And no, I, so it's just, you know, I also have a different perspective when it comes to like support and fans. People will use the word support like it's supposed to be like support. To me, support can mean different things. Support can mean, right, if you start a business tomorrow, like with Royal Dynamites, for example, right? Say when you started Royal Dynamites, I was like, Ralph, I'm going to show up to the grand opening. I'm going to buy a hat. Okay? So I come for a hat. I supported you. If I never buy another product, I supported you. So I bought one hat. But if I came every, every time you put out a new hat, if I bought one, that means I rock with the product. That has to do with you. I love the product. Even if you weren't the owner, I would be buying the product. You know what I mean? So as an entrepreneur, what I want is support, yes, but I also want fans. I want people that I love, that love my product. I want my, I want to build a community with my products of like-minded people. I don't want supporters that, I mean, some of them are also, I'll take supporters, but what I want is fans, loyal fans, people that identify with me on this product that I'm putting out or this service that I'm putting out or this event that I'm putting out. We're all like-minded. We like the same thing. We feel the same way. So we come together. And to me, that is basically, um, that's a perspective that I have when it comes to, um, I think support and, uh, uh, and having fans. So it's, 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 um, you know, you have to have, you have to have the imagination. You have to have the confidence. You have to be willing to fail. And I say, fail forward fast. The faster you can fail, the quicker you can implement, you know, I mean, the, 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 the mistake that you've made and the further you'll be able to go, you know? Yeah, oh, makes sense. Makes sense, man. Great gems there. Keeping it strictly is, uh, Nana. You've, you've built, you've built your events company. What has been more instrumental to you, your network or your resources? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I say, I, I, I said, that's a good one. I'd say both. Um, you know what, I have a large net. I, I always tell people like, um, so I say both because my network, I've built my network based on relationships and proving myself. Um, and because of my network, I have resources. You know what I'm saying? Um, my network provides resources for me. And I tell people, so for example, my team doesn't work with me at every event. Or all 13 members. So for, for certain events, say for Branch Fest, I may pull five people from my network to be my team for Branch Fest. For Zavo Burst, 
I'll pull 13 people from my network to be on my team for Taco Fest. For Sticky Fest, I may only need to pull three people from that. You know what I mean? Um, for sponsors, I may need to pull 20 sponsors for Taco Fest to be able to be a part of that. In Sticky Fest, I may only need to pull five to be a part of that. You know what I mean? So it is my network that has provided these resources to me. And to be honest with you, is that I undervalue my network from a perspective of um, I don't, I, I, I always, I'm always thinking big, but my network is actually, when I actually sit back, I think about it, it's actually really good because of, it's, 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 it's because of my network, I've been able to accomplish what I've been able to accomplish. So really it's, and that's why I think what Cecil said, made, said what he said earlier about generational wealth, it was very important. It, it hit me because my network, the people that I work with, the people that I, 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 I didn't like, like that, that helped me, that provided me with resources, that make the resources available to me. These are people that believe in me just as much as I believe in that. You know, and it's a it's a it's a marriage, you know, and we just try to figure out everything. So I think it's I think it's a mixture of both. And I think um one comes from you know, resources come from your network. You know, I, and and you want, you know, uh I, and to kind of double down on the team thing, most people are nervous to go into entrepreneurship because they feel like, oh I gotta build the team. And I'm like, well what about your network? Look in your network and see who you could pull in for a project. Everybody doesn't work on every project they're not supposed to. If I feel you know, like Rob, if I let you have a skill and I'll do that events, I'm be like, yo, Rob, do you have me this one? I'm gonna HR for all the events because you may not so you may not have the time, number one, and I'll be able to afford what it costs to have you sit down and work on ten events. You know what I mean? But I know that you have a specific skill set, this specific thing. So I reach out to you, hey, well, I need you out for this one event in March on the 20th. I need this, 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 and this. And you're like, yo, I got you. So I'm to cost. Cool. I got you. And I do that. You know, and so now that's a, a business relationship that we have. And we continue to work with that and figure that out and make that better and better. And that. Yeah. And maybe now we should go one event together to two events. You know what I mean? To three events. And maybe as a, maybe the more successful I am, the more I'm like, now I'm like, you know what? Our goals are you're so good at what you what you do, and I need you on the actual. I need you on my team day to day. I'm willing to offer you this so that you can come come on board. But that takes time. That takes you know what I mean. You have to get to that point to be able to do that. You know, right? And and I know that I know that your expansion, and I know that um, you know your your route toward really scaling this thing you know, really matters and funding, funding plays a role. If you had all the funding now, uh, Nana, you'll probably be as big as AEG and all that stuff now. Not getting too personal, no need to say any raw numbers, things that sort. But what does that process look like? You know, because I, I can tell you from my perspective, man, it's it's always, you know, uh, we, we make the investment, we derive a profit, we take that profit, put it right back until we can get it to a place where we scaled enough to where it start eating. How, what does that process look like for you? How is funding? I know funding is an important piece. You know, how does this allow you? What does your process look like to slowly, incrementally grow this thing as big as possible? Um, so that's a great question. Um, funding is a is a is a integral part of it, and we were fortunate to get some sponsors. But um, so we're, because we're an event production company, that's a for-profit company as opposed to a non-profit company. We've had challenges with sponsors, for, for example, and it's because 
most sponsors will they will they will give money to a no profit company because it's a tax write off for them. You know what I mean? You may, they may not even believe how's that being debt, but it's a tax write off, and they want to show some sort of community support, which is actually a good thing. I don't think I guess I think I think that's great for myself, who's a for profit company. For a company to sponsor me, it comes out of their marketing budgets. You know what I mean? Because they because they can't write that off. That's an expense. You know, so it has to basically make sense. The uh, or the the event has to match what they're doing, or you have to have those relationships with them to be able to do that. So sponsorship is one way, one of the ways that we fund the events. Um, but the most yeah, and, and the past on so on, on certain levels, I've had uh, investors, or should I say, an investor, but this is like minimal. This is like minimal investment. This is like you know, just nothing, nothing major. Just, just uh. Yeah, just just uh, uh, a little bit. Of, you know, some of it has also been trial and trial and error. But the most part, everything is re. I reinvest into the business. I re- if we make money, I reinvest into the business because I my vision is so big. I haven't even come close to it, so I can't. Um, you know, we have to basically constantly re like re just just keep reinvesting into the business. And it's funny you say AG because. Yeah, those are the guys I look at. AEG Live Dish. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the guys I look at? I, and he's just to me right now. I'm like, yo, I did your ass for company. Let's go. You know? Because, 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 you know, you look at it. I don't know if you guys know, but look at company. You look at uh, like a festival, like a Coachella, for example. AEG owns half of Coachella. Miller, right? The other company, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other company that owns Coachella is, is this exact production company that's called Golden Voice. Golden Voice is run by Paul Thales. Paul Thales is just a guy like me. You know what I'm saying? Like, your brothers had a massive vision. Paul Thales lost a million dollars the first year he did Coachella. Had to sell his house. Got divorced from his wife. Lost a million dollars. Basically, AEG basically saved them. Saved Coachella, basically. But, but think about that. If he didn't take that massive risk and put it on a massive platform to where somebody else was like, oh, that was amazing. I want to get part of that. And you're not going to worry about that money. Won't take the risk. Everything you to be a part of it. A lot of kind of opportunities that I, I wish, that, that I, much I wish that I, I know will come to, uh, will come to us. Now I, I don't even I can't even say I will. Well, I, I can't even say I will. Part, I will take this opportunity to come because I'm a very I, I believe in myself. I believe, I believe in myself so much when I go up against the Goliaths and and you know what I'm saying. But I in order to get the opportunities, do do uh, I do have a lot of partnerships already in different aspects, in the, in like in, in like in different um things. So I already work. I already work from partnership perspective. Um. But a lot of times, one of the things I've I've found that that you know what I mean is like it's important to make sure that you're on the same page with your partnership, especially if anything else from a visionary perspective. You know what I mean? We may have differences and we'll different things, but if the vision is the same, we can work it out. And so I'm just as we grow, um, the goal is to get in company to be able to do enough events to where it is a national or more. My, my opinion, an international shooter, maybe even an intergalactic brand, right? When we're doing stuff on Mars, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing festivals on Mars, you know what I mean? But that's how I, that's, 
that's how I think it's where it's uh, it's, 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 uh, it's uh, and it's not necessarily sizable, right? Because you can do huge things with a smaller operation. That's what people don't understand. You know, I mean, you can do massive things with small operation, and it's just really plugging, you know, plugging yourself um, in the right in the right situation. And from an event perspective, there's so many, um, there's so many things you can get into. Give you an example. So, I don't know if anybody knows, but Jerry Jones owns a catering company that services them there half the NFL. Do you guys know this? Oh, no. But I can see it. I don't know. Then it's still up there. But he already owns an entertainment company. And then you just figure out another way within the same business to pivot. I suppose to leaving and going to start like some. I don't know, company that makes blankets or something. You know, you, you know because, because you can. So, even with, even with me, with any live company, or, or, or even outsourcing, it, it, exactly. Checking with me, uh, I'm, I'm on that level, Cheech, where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out other income streams and other partnerships that within the industry that um, are viable, um, you know what I mean? And then kind of see how we can uh, help use that to even follow the business even more and get some big ideas. Because we have some music, big music festivals that we want to do as well. Um, we have larger food market type events that we want to do as well. Um, even my shop and grub market, which is like a multi-market, I want to do it in Paris, like London, like Ghana, and Kenya, you know what I'm saying? And like Japan. Because it's just that type of events where it doesn't need a, it doesn't need a crazy amount of like um, work on it. It's a market. But because of the vibe and because of the, um, it's shopping and food, you know, the, I mean, it, it just goes hand in hand. You know what I mean? Because of that, it's easier to scale and easier to operate as opposed to like a type of, I've, I've done a type of place in another city. I know what it takes. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, I don't have to deliver two other cities other than Wichita. So I've done three in beautiful markets. It is intensely stressful. You know what I mean? Just to put on an event that side. So, you also have to scale what you also have to scale what is scalable in a sense, you know what I mean? But one of these things like we talked about um right, is is the test phase. And the test phase sometimes, you know, it is hard to test six events I once. You know what I'm saying? Unless you have the team to do that. You know what I mean? Like Golden Voice, they can afford to test six new events I want. They they do it all the time. Like you know what I mean? And whichever one works, the cheap rules are new that we get. Yeah. Um, but it's just getting to that point where you have the support um, uh, 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 financially, obviously, to be able to keep your events. But also, sometimes that also depends on the economy. Like right now, I think the events, what's well, the events about being the best are like the EDM events. Like the EDM events, like one of the biggest, you know, this is like 500,000 tickets in like five days or something. Because like the VIPs are like 150 grand. Like you know, like like a truck was flying up, picking you up. I mean, it's it's all kind, it's 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 wild. You know what I mean? But so like when I look at that, like that is like recession approach. Recession, well, to sell out five hundred thousand tickets in a week, recession proof. Hip hop shows ain't doing that unless you know, unless it's like a uh, um like a conceptual thing. You know what I mean? And I think conceptual. I, which a lot of my ideas are conceptual ideas, and some of them, some not they don't always work all the time. But for the most part, the reason why they work is because, like we talked about, it's about identifying like-minded people, bringing like-minded people together. With Taco Fest, we could all be 
you know, they can talk about you're going to have Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Black, White, Hispanic, um, Asian, all put their differences aside for sticks out, come together because of this one slider. You know what I'm saying? No tripping, no stressful, no stress, none of that. As humans, we all the world that we live in, but we need that. We need that. In terms of it's almost a necessity. You know what I mean? But but the just he just is a it's a luxury. We don't look at it like that. We need honestly, bro, the way you broke this thing down, man, we need the taco events. We need where everyone could come together, especially right now where we at in this world, man. Things are really, in my opinion, are really weird. There's a lot of division. There is Democrats versus Republicans. There is black versus white, things of that sort. So what what more are you putting into this world, man? P- plug in some of what you got coming on, coming up. You know, what are we looking like for the rest of the summer on your calendar, your schedule? You know, let us know, man. Let the audience know. Let the people know. My strength level, my strength level has gone down because I've done cycle best. So <laughs> I can see it now. That's like my biggest stuff. That's my biggest festival, you know what I mean? But that's the biggest thing we do is thousands of people and the the management, you know, the team, the management team, managing other teams, all of that. And it's, it's like, it, it's, it's a, it's an interesting, actually, I would say this was probably the best year from an efficiency perspective and from a team perspective, because we were able to basically put the festival on at this at the same place can you imagine doing a festival with like eight thousand people and then changing it every year changing the venue every year that's where we were before that last year so the press level so basically we would think about are you successful you know just, or think about like you know being an nba team right you you win the championship and then next year you next year you're playing with another team another city the only team has moved from Vegas to san Diego. You don't have to say you don't have to be a reader, but the little, the little things that you would do to kind of get you on your game, you can't do them anymore. Now, the thing about it, you have to do that every year. It's on, it's on, it's, it's on, so, 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 so this, this was our first year of stability and it's shown because we really have like 15 meetings, like literally we have like a meeting, a week leading up to the, the festival. This year we had three. And we were more successful than eight because we had, because our chemistry was on points. We had the experience. Um, um, and, and, and we, we were not nervous from our location perspective. We had already got it before that. We had been there. We knew what to do. It was that clockwork effort for everybody from the DJs to the sound guy to, you know what I'm saying? Everybody already knew their role because we were done. So next year's going to be even easier. You know what I mean? And where is it? Where is this Taco Fest at? So Taco Fest is located in Andover, Kansas. Um, it, it, it was here in Wichita, but like, I have to move because it's just too big to be in Wichita. There's so much space to execute because we have the wrestling, we have the music, we have the food, we have the VIP. I mean, you know, Tequila Expo. This, do you know what people, do you know what we should just like quiet everybody into work? Like, and then when I do that, they complain. And then when you know, there's so, so it's like, well, so. We, we feel like we found a home right now, the venue we have, at least for the time being. Um, the, the, the city of Andover, um, they own the venue. They've been, I mean, they pulled, they pulled out two or three red carpets for us. That's how amazingly they treated us. I absolutely, I always tell people like, you know, I, I've been in, the, in this business for over 15 years and the cheap that I'm getting from Andover is like next to none. 
if he doesn't even compare, uh, you know what I mean? Like, these guys are going to above and beyond for us. Um, and, they don't, and they don't have to do that. You know, they don't have, they don't owe us anything. They don't have to do anything that they've done. But these are people that are, that they, they see the vision. They, they're like-minded. They match the vision. They, you know, they believe in what we're doing and they will support it and put their money with their mouth is and, and, and back us up. You know what I mean? So, uh, nothing but love for the city of Andover. I found out some other events I got going. Um, this summer we're doing a night. So, Shopping Grub is a monthly market that we usually do on a Sunday. So it's basically shopping and food. Um, and I have a DJ where we usually have about like 60 vendors or like, you know, like over a thousand people in attendance, like a five hour, um, five hour type, you know, type thing. So, um, but last summer was really hot and a lot of vendors were complaining. People were complaining in general. So we listened and I pushed it to the nights, near the night market for the summer only. So, April and, and then I also moved venues to a to a bigger space because we need to expand, get more food vendors in, um, and just make it bigger. And 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 with this year we've had a record attendance. We're averaging like sixty plus vendors, you know what I mean? Um so it's it's um really grown in its third year, um, at this new venue that that we're using and and, and it's working out. So now to it actually on Friday was our was the first night market. Crazy. Crazy, like you know, so first of all, it's crazy. Um, on the next one was in July, and after that, the, the, the next time I'm going to be in August, and after that, we'll go back to, to the third Sunday of every month up until November. And November would be like a big holiday season, um, shovel grub type thing. So that's what we have to shovel grub. Um, I have, um, I mean, I have a sleeping fest coming up September 16th. Uh, actually, no, it's yeah. I got this. I, I, I dropped it on here September 16th. So I don't know what this is coming out. Well, September 16th, well, we next week to show. Uh, uh, the first one we did this, so we changed the name from from yeah. so originally it was like you know, it was more of like you know, like the the soul thing. And but I think the name, the original name, you know, what I mean, like with um, uh, was it was cool, but when we changed it to Kansas Sneaker Fest. You know what I mean? It's, it blew it up even more. I've been in Sneaker Show for 12 years. This year was our biggest attendance ever. Biggest attendance ever in 12 years. Imagine that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we basically, so, I mean, um, initially it was, you know what I mean? It was more of like the you got soul type vibe. You know what I mean? That was like the name, you know? But, but, but we, um, we changed it. From that, the Kansas Sneaky Fest just made it more of like a, made it more of a Kansas thing as opposed to, you know what I mean? As opposed to just like, look, when you say, I got soul, people don't know if you're talking about the soul in your heart or if it's a sneaker, you know what I mean? So, people will be like, is this like, like oh, music? Well, it will be like, is it, we got soul, I got soul, you got soul, yeah. But Kansas Sneaky Fest changed, changed the name. Because we wanted something new, something fresh, something correct. Yeah, and then 12 years is like, right. yeah, exactly. And then even 12 years is like, 12 years is a long time to do anything. So we wanted to, you know, we wanted something new or something. You have to, every, I believe you have to rebrand yourself every five years. Anyway, you have to rebrand yourself, a new idea, you know what I mean? So, and then we certainly invest, I rebrand like, we talk about I rebrand it every year. There's a new look every year. You know what I mean, it just depends on what um, 
you know, what the event needs to do. have some other events that we're working on. Um, where would the listeners be able to find find you online or where would they be able to find all of this information for all these events, man? We want to let them know so they can go out and support. So let me think about ICT. So festiveict.com or festiveict on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, and you see, if you go on our website, festiveict, you can see all our events. Yeah, I invent calendar of, um, of you know, all the events that we have on, on uh, coming up. Uh, but, you know, basically, you know, you're going to see Bronze Fest, Sneaking Fest, and all that. And then you just click on each other. Okay. Interested in it. I think it'll let you know when the next, um, next year coming up. Next. Cool, man. So people go, go check out Festive ICT and on social media, festiveict.com and you happen to be in Kansas or or somewhere? I mean, because obviously it's not a flying. This state is a big trying. enough state. Yeah, they dunes. Go. I have a dude. I'm gonna put him out there. I have a dude. I'm gonna put him out there. Uh, she, I, I, I rock. I'll tell you about the <laughs> off the air. He is. He, he is right now. He's one of the top designers in the game, and he's one of the top one of the top dudes in the game. And he's yeah, he's up and coming. He used to fly with Wichita for my sneaker show. And, and you know what I'm saying? He used to fly, he used to fly, I'm checking my sneaker shows. He will get, I'm in episode with Yoss, and we just ended up becoming cool. And now, he has, um, he's like, he has a property here. He doesn't live here, but, if, but just the cost of living, of how cheap it was, he would, it blew his mind. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the property, yeah, like, that's a, yeah, that, so yeah, that's probably, yeah. So, the point is that, like, and I, I want to say that Wichita or Kansas, specifically is on the cusp of blowing up. The reason why is because uh, I'm, I'm just looking at what's happening um, and looking at like you know I mean um, uh, just everything that's everything that's coming in. Also, when you think about like um, like Denver, for example, right? In my mind, I think we're going to be like the next. Let me not say the next. We're going to get to a point to where we have some sort of recognition, like a Austin, like a at Denver, like a Portland. There was a time when you, you know, if you guys remember, like, there was a time when you thought about, like, Colorado, nobody thought about Denver. We thought about Boulder first, or the mountains. You don't, no one thought about Denver. Same thing with Austin. There was a time where you only thought about South by Southwest. You didn't even bring the Austin in Texas. You don't even bring it up. It wasn't even like a city, like, you compared to, like, you know what I mean? You only, you only went to South by Southwest. Um, there's a lot of cities like that, small cities like that have blown up and now have, like, you know, they, they, they now have a, like a, yeah, yeah, recognition. And I think we're on our way there. In Kansas, well, absolutely. Um, because there's two things I think that's going to happen. One is once, once people realize, it's already happened, once they realize the cost of living and the unique food scene that we have, we have a very unique food scene here. You know what I mean, once they realize those two things, because you need one, one, you need one for the other. So if you were, if you was there, you're always going to ask, "What am I going to do when I'm there?" You know, we will not see that has like, you know, massive events, uh, jets. We're getting there. You know, what I mean? but we have stuff that I'm doing, stuff that a lot of other people are, are, are that I'm really interested in doing as well. But when it comes to food, oh, we can, we, we can, we can, we can definitely hold our own. And that's like what we're known for. You know what I mean? But it's just that um, we haven't done a good job of promoting that to the outside world. 
By the time we do, I think it's going to be too late. Because the outside world is going to come in and basically take advantage of it. You know what I mean? So I think one, well, I think that's about that. That's about to happen. And by the wisdom of God, we'll be at the top, at the top of the, of the situation when that happens. And, uh, you know what I mean? And, I, I, I'm, and I'm hoping we'll be able to reap the rewards of all, every, all the sacrifices we made, everything. Because if anybody believes in this place, it's me and I'm not even from here. You know what I mean? Like, but I believe in this place because, of, because I, I, I always make the saying, like, you can't build castles in New York. You can't build castles in LA or Chicago or even Atlanta because they're already castles. There's no castles in Kansas. You know what I'm saying? So you can actually build castles. And so that's what I'm trying to. Cool, man. So, man, hey, you've really? given us so many, so many great gems now. Like, this has been good. Can't wait for people Definitely. to listen to this. Can't wait for people to learn from this. Really, really appreciate your time. I know I had a bunch of technical difficulties, believe it or not, and I'll say this, the power went out, which is very unusual um, that power actually does go out and stuff like that. But thank you. Thank you very much, man. We appreciate um, your time. We appreciate um, everything that you've given us insight on and, and all this good stuff, man. So the audience will definitely enjoy this. They'll, they'll learn a lot from definitely. this. Ross and I want to really thank you. Uh, for coming on and giving us uh, yeah. um, all this information and advice, brother. So, I mean, people know where to find you. People know uh, everything in front of you. So, I, I will say thank you guys. I'm going to do a part two. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, I love talking to you guys. I, I, this is our mission experience. I love what you guys are doing. I think the concept is is is, is unique as hell. I love the organization. I love how you guys are on point. Um, you know what I mean? It's a legit. I, I, it's a legit. It's a legit situation. Um, and I know, personally, I wouldn't expect anything less from y'all. You know, because I know y'all personally. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I think I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing that you guys are being able to pull it off. Personally, I think whatever you guys came minds to. You know what I'm saying? I think every year, so it, you know, I mean, it's, it's the, the, the sky is the beginning. There's no limit. So, um, keep you know, keep the goal of the podcast. I think it's, uh, it, yeah, it's, 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 uh, so, you know, Clark and, uh, not even necessary. This is a necessary one. Which I think, it, which, you know what I'm saying? Which I think, which I think is your advantage from a longevity. You need that. I know you just keep on going. You always have someone to help. You know what I'm saying? So, I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. What, what I want to do though is, uh, Nana, really, really just focus in, and this is strictly for, the entrepreneurs, not necessarily the family man, not necessarily this and that. I, I got, I got some solid questions. I know, I know, Seth may ask as well too. But exactly, fire round question, just straight one sentence answer directed at the entrepreneur, young, old, whatever it is. You meet an entrepreneur. What's the first piece of advice that you give them? Believe in yourself. What's a digital resource that helps you great? Um, a digital resource. YouTube, hey, cheering, hey, right, there's no wrong there. No, I didn't up like that. Listen, um, well, so I read a lot of um, I listen to a lot of audio books. Right now, I'm I'm uh, I'm listening. I want to give you like a list of books I'm listening to right now. I'll just fire yeah. up some books real quick. Just on my Audible, um, just just a few books that I'm I'm uh listening. I'm uh listening to right now, um. So I'm listening to um let's see I'm listening to uh, uh How to Win Straws and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. 
I'm listening to Marvel Split the Difference by Chris Boss, which is more like a yeah. negotiation yeah. Um, book. Um, Good to Great by Jim Collins, fantastic book. Um, Built to Last by Jim Collins, another fantastic book. Um, Good to Profit by Charles Pope, a great book as well. Um, uh, believe it or not, I just read the book by 50 Cent, Hustle Harder and Hustle Smarter. I was impressed. It's actually a great book. That's a good, book. That's, that's a good list, man. So we, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's just some of the, I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I, I, you know, Shoe Dog by Sean Knight. Yeah, I've read, I that, I've read book, that. So very, no, I have it. Very good book. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so I, 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 I yeah, the, the cheaper book, do that on some more resources that I, that's good. That's like that. I've always, I've tried to read. I listen to books all the time, and I I, I watch a lot of uh, YouTube videos. People like Jim Brown. Um, you know, pe- people not notice that not not for motivation. Um, okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Actually. And last question: What advice would he give to a new father and husband? Um, be patient, and just know that you're only a man. At the end of the day, you're only a man. You're all right, man. Man, that's what's up, man. Thank you very much. And I like you've given us like a good time with gems, man. So we'll we'll take that. Thank you. Thank you very, very much, man. We appreciate it. And hope you guys out there and the listeners were able to get a lot of gems. So thank you guys for listening to Family Man Building a Band podcast. And we want to thank Nana very much for his time, man. Appreciate it. That's it for today's episode of Family Man Building the Brand. We hope we left you with a ton of value from this episode. If you like what you heard, feel free to leave us a rating and a review. This helps our show gain traction with other listeners just like you. You can join our community by subscribing and following Family Man Building the Brand on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, we're family and together we build.